It's June the 7th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. So glad you joined us today. Thank you for hopping on the Bible bus. I got a note from somebody who said, Pastor Ray, you are an early morning blessing. Well, it doesn't matter when you watch the videos, whether it's early in the morning or late in the afternoon or at night. They're available 24-7. We want to be a blessing to you. It has been such an encouragement to me to hear from friends all over the world who are watching these videos. And today, we are in the early part of the month of June, which means we're not quite. We're almost one half of the way through the Bible. We're in the Gospel of John. And remember our simple little outline. The Gospel of John portrays the glory of God in the Son of God. God displays His glory by sending His Son, the Son of God, to be the Savior for everyone who will believe in Him. Simple outline. The public ministry of the Son of God, John 1 through 12. We're done with that now. The private ministry of the Son of God, John 13 through 17. We're starting that today. Then finally, the passion ministry of the Son of God. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. That's John chapters 18 through 21. So this morning, today, John 13, 14, and 15 beginning of the private ministry. We'll just say it this way. It is now Thursday night in the upper room in Jerusalem. It is 9.30 or 10 or 10.30. Jesus has gathered with his men. The dark clouds of controversy, the storm clouds of opposition and hatred are breaking over his head. All the hatred of the Jewish leaders is about to come to a climax in less than 12 hours when Jesus will be nailed to a Roman cross. Our Lord knows. The disciples certainly knew that there was trouble all around them, but it's also clear from the rest of the story they didn't fully understand what was about to happen, but Jesus knew. He knew this would be his last time to have all of his men together before his crucifixion, and so knowing that he would die, knowing that he would be raised, and knowing that he would eventually go back to heaven, Jesus intends to prepare them for what is to come. And that's our understanding of this upper room discourse, final words from the Son of God before he leaves to go back to heaven. John chapter 13. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. 
Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who is bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking truthfully, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I am not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen, but the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. Truly, I tell you, whoever receives anything I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close behind Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. So he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, He's the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are doing, do quickly. None of those reclining at the table knew why he said this to him. Since Judas kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. After receiving the piece of bread, he immediately left, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, now I tell you where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Lord, Simon Peter said to him, Where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asked, Why can't I follow you? Now I will lay down my life for you. Jesus replied, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. John 14. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father. That's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I will also love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. I will not talk with you much longer, because the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me. On the contrary, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do as the Father commanded me. Get up. Let's leave this place. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, 
and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they, but they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify about me. You will also testify because you have been with me from the beginning. That little phrase, the early part of John 15, you could almost pick any part of these three chapters to think about, but that you know, that horticultural image, I am the vine and you are the branches. Every branch that's in me, he prunes it. He cuts it back. Well, you know, here it is, June, that time of the year. You cut back the bushes. You, you, you cut it back so that the bush will grow. It'll produce more fruit. If you just let it grow and grow and grow, it doesn't produce fruit the right way. But you cut it back. People think uh, you don't know what you're doing. But if you know what you're doing, you're cutting it back to produce more fruit. God prunes you and me. There's only one problem with that. It's not easy. It's no fun to have something cut out of your life. But the pruning, the painful, for a moment, is designed by God to produce more fruit. The fruit of godliness, the fruit of holiness, the, the fruit of joy the fruit that makes us more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us say this, Lord, do your work in us today. Lord, come and cut away everything that hinders my growth. Lord, come in and take the pruning shears and cut away every bad attitude and every rotten thought and, Lord, every miserable complaining spirit. Lord, come in with your pruning shears 
and I welcome you into my life. Cut away anything that stands between you and me. Lord, prune my life so that in the end, I will bear fruit for you and be more like Jesus. So we'll just stop right there and say, that is our watchword for today. Come, Lord, with your pruning shears and cut away everything that shouldn't be here. Make us today more like Jesus. That's our prayer. Go out and have a wonderful day. Come back tomorrow. We're going to be back in the upper room discourse. We're going to hear the great high priestly prayer of Jesus for his disciples. We're going to hear what Jesus is praying for you and me. Go out and have a great day. See you back here tomorrow. God bless.